So body and mind, where they come together, where they're not separate, where they're in sympathy with each other, is a, a level of which I call a somatic and resonance, somatic resonance. Clearly, in many ways, the way we understand body is physical matter, bones and meat, and the way we understand mind as thoughts or perhaps emotions, if we stretch the word, seem to be completely separate domains, dimensions. And yeah, at that level they are, that's when they're the most bifurcated, most differentiated. There's also a more more primary uh, domain where they are in deep sympathy with each other. And this is a a territory that probably you're not that familiar with. because in a way it's not really what you think body is, it's not quite what you think mind is. <laughs> it's before they, they arise in their quite differentiated forms. We see mind we normally sense as, oh, it's, that's me thinking, it's my mind, or that's uh, me feeling happy or annoyed, that's my heart. Uh, yeah. And actually, yeah, well no, not really. That's not really your mind or your heart. Those are things happening to your mind or heart. Those are events, those are particular uh, phenomena arising there. And yes, they arise, but that's not your mind or your heart. Those are called sankharas or formations, uh, which are, hmm? it's not your mind. But, you know, it's happening to your mind, yeah. So, hmm? So it's, you know, where does that happen? Who does it? So, oh, it happens to, to me. Oh, that one. Yeah. Where's that? Where's the me sense? Where's the myself? Now, when we get to myself, now we get into a particular domain of mind, because. Uh, there's that sense, isn't there? Appropriation sense, something. Mm. What's that? Mm. And normally, of course, we might real name, you know, I am, my name, my gender, my nationality, and so forth. Oh, no, that's not it either, is it? Those are labels we can put on it. Um, but so essentially, what I'm referring to is something I'll call a, a, a mind tone. Because myself does change from time to time. There's some pretty uh, strong habits there, but it can change. Myself can feel somewhat, uh, you know, weighed down, burdened, or somewhat buoyant, um, you know, upbeat, but optimistic. You know, yeah, I think things are going to be okay. A little bit pessimistic. And from that basis, various kinds of thoughts and emotions can arise. I can feel myself, I can feel threatened, or in a tight place, or I can feel in a warm, friendly place. What's that? Based upon those tonalities, feeling welcome, feeling a bit of a burden, feeling a nuisance, feeling important or necessary, based upon those tones, those then various thoughts and emotions can arise. 
there's a tone there. And why we don't normally recognize it, because that, that tonality in myself pretty soon starts producing thoughts and, and uh, emotions and reactions. I don't, you don't see the sky because of the, the blizzard, as it were, because of the rain. Now, at the body level, you know, we can experience, say, knees and pains and flesh, and we can see the thing, and we can experience sensations. There's also another level of it where you're experiencing uh, senses of, say, uh, feeling expansive, feeling um, uh, ungrounded, feeling formless, feeling a bit spaced out, feeling pressurized. It's not a sensation, those are, you could say, nervous or neurological experiences, immaterial experiences, being experienced in a material form. You couldn't say it's my finger, you couldn't say it's, but you can say overall sense in that. Now those two places, the overall sense of the body, the very, how the body feels, how being embodied feels, put it that way, how being embodied feels, how being myself feels, those relate to each other. And uh, <clears throat> the relevance of this is then, in fact, we can kind of pretty much, if we go to that, we can get to the root of, of much of our reactivity and assumptions and life messages about ourselves and even some of our... Um, uh, numbnesses in our bodies, or contractions in our bodies, or missing pieces that we, we can't really feel very much, we feel a bit numbed out. So this level we can begin to come to these very primary experiences of embodiment, primary experiences of being, uh, an aware being, aware in the sense of, here's me, here's a subject in a world of mm, other things. Before I start making something out of it, just that very dawning realization that, oh, here's the me, and there's, uh huh, I'm in something, whatever it is. And that sense may be accompanied by a feeling of excitement or, or anxiety, changes. Some of it may be actually quite, quite residual, feeling life is a bit of a burden, or life is a ball, you know, these kind of, underlying messages. And the point is, if we get to those, it's possible to really uh, see these are not actually etched in stone. They are, they, you know, and they can be dissolved. And when they're dissolved, then a whole cascade of mind states don't have to occur. A whole set of mental reactions and proliferations, you've cut them off at the root. All that sense of so much to do, got to keep things going, etc., which is can kind of rush in on anything we do, what's that founded on? What's that founded on? You look at it, well, what's that sense? Maybe 
alone. You know, it's up to me. I take responsibilities. Uh-huh. Well, physically, yeah. <coughs> but is anybody really alone? How can that be? You mean you have no, there's nobody, you don't receive anything from anyone else? You don't hear anybody else's language? You don't have a mother or a father or a brother or sister? What, what's, what's that? I've never known that. I've never, I know what the feeling of it is, but in reality, we can't. You know, we inherit language, we inherit customs, we experience feelings, we experience, we get hurt, we get excited. What's the alone bit? Where did that come from? Because essentially we are really like a meeting place of so many energies and forces and projections and warmth and whatever, you know, that we're really like a, another intersection of all kinds of conditions. So how did that one get in place? Hmm? Well, you can figure. But essentially that one is not the truth. It may be the basis of many of one's responses, but actually it's not a primary truth. It's a conditioned phenomenon. What does that feel like? Hmm. Does it feel good? Do you feel agreeable, pleasant, fun, enjoyable? <laughs> no. Well, um, you want to keep it going? Probably most of it, well, you can't do anything about it. It's the way it is. No? There, there's, this, there's the lock, saboteur. You know, you know all kinds of Personal affirmations are not going to change that because it's beneath all that. That's an example. Maybe we have a, you know, often we're, our sense of self is hugely imbalanced. We can do lots of things, but we can't receive very much. We can. Uh, help other people, but we feel we could look after ourselves. We can't now the other way. So you sense of imbalance is there. Mm-hmm. So, now in terms of how, how that can be uh, addressed or changed, it's really coming into say the fundamental embodiment sense, which is not uh, before we take these distinctive forms, people mention consciousness arising from, say, birth, you know, before it knows about hair and teeth and stuff. What does it feel? Sense of, I'm here. Uh, something's here anyway. Yeah. And, uh, to arrive at birth, there's got to be some sense of which you are born into. There's a something. There's a ground. There's a sense something receives you. Here you are. Ground. Um, ground, say that reference. Yeah. And, and there's got to be some space. In other words, there's room around me. 
In in order to be anything else, there's got to be some separation, isn't it? If if there's no space at all, then how can you say this is me and that's something else? So it's got to be, essentially, it's always some space. Whatever's in that space, when that space is held with ill will or affection, still, if there's no, it can't be possibly be any any sense of um, differentiation without being this is me, that's something else, there's got to be a space there. And space we don't necessarily notice, mostly we project onto the object. We don't notice the space between. Because it doesn't do anything. But that, that's fundamental also. Particularly when you notice the space around you feels pressurized, or you don't sense it, you feel squashed, you feel overwhelmed, and uh, you feel there's no room to move, you feel constricted, you may feel this emotionally, psychologically, you feel parts of your body feel they're really tight, locked up. This is uh, so. These are, this is a, these are very primary references, and the other reference I've been pointing out or mentioning is rhythm. If you're alive, <laughs> life is rhythmic. You've got a heartbeat. You've got a pulse. You've got a breath. Life is pulse. Life is rhythmic. So if you're getting into frozen states locked states, then there's something is happening that uh, is in affliction. Now that locked states can very well be associated with mind states that I've got to, ought to, no choice, have to, everybody wants me to, it must be. Yeah. And uh, these are the kind of locks that, that psychologically we create, and we can also sometimes feel those senses in a physicality. Throat feels choked, things feel stuck. So these are primary patterns. How do you release them? We don't have to explain them, or counteract them, or remedy them in the obvious way. You don't do something. You return to what we call primary health, primary sympathy, which is here I am. And experiencing a sense of uh, uh, lack of firmness, lack of ground. Uh-huh. How is that? Where do you feel it? How do you feel it? Can you feel somewhere in your body that, that does feel a little more settled? Mm-hmm. Could you bring your attention to that? Whether it's just where you're sitting in the seat, could you bring your attention to that? Could you spread your attention to that? Could you give it a lot of attention, absorbing that quality? Could you let it firm up in your mind? Mm-hmm. Having firmed up in your mind, could you pick up the tonality of firmness, groundedness, steadiness? There's a mental tone there. Mm-hmm. Could you pick up the sense of something being you have to do so much as just tune into, pick it up, absorb it? Mm-hmm. 
it, stay in it. <coughs> and it begins to spread, widen your awareness to include more and more of your body. Till that quality of firmness becomes dominant. And then those mental states and the mental territory of feeling ungrounded, feeling having to hold on, feeling have to claim, have to grab in order to get some ground, have to hold on to something, those actions become irrelevant. You don't need it. So something stops doing it. And you feel the moment of relief. Tone has changed. Myself, who was holding a lot, and feeling had to do a lot, and make things certain, and make the future certain, and make everything okay, that one has changed. It's become irrelevant. It changes. And there are many, these are ways in which we just, I think very, it's a slow, patient process. And there's no criticism in it, because all we want to do is heal it. We don't have to know why, or it's somebody's fault. You you just want to spend your time coming to that, which you were given, but you lost, you forgot got taken away or missed. It's still there. Fundamental ground. It's mine. It's here. And with that, space means time. I'm not suddenly thrown forward in time. This space. And I'm not pressed in with all kinds of things I have to do. In space. And in that space, perhaps uh, my body relaxes a little. And perhaps certain, certain emotions might come to light. Could be relief, could be... Uh, Hardness, sadness, could be joy. It just happen as things shift, as myself, that fixity, that uh, seeming implacable quality shifts, then it shifts. And that's, that's the sign, something shifts. And things that were inevitable, and the search for fixity, even, the belief in it, that this will somehow provide one with what one needs, that begins to dissolve, the view changes. We don't need certainty, 
We just need confidence in handling and being present with the next range of uncertainty as they arise. And he says, as long as you stay in touch with that, yeah, that's your best option. Some of these sensing can be a little bit uh, vague at first. What are you talking about? Or when you meditate, you come into places where you're just sitting still or walking up and down and not necessarily doing all kinds of stuff that keeps things going. Then you, you will see, you come down to some of these base levels of life message, self-image, self-statement that we hardly recognize the statement because we don't have to say it to there. How does it feel to be myself? Just uh, even resonate the question see what happens. How does it feel to be myself? How does my body feel when I ask that question? Could be particular parts of the body, could be the overall sense of it, could be I suddenly feel all my energy is up in my head or down in my stomach, could be I feel small or unsteady. So these somatic senses are not the same as sensations. They're, they're embodiment experiences which we can notice either um, was losing the body altogether or states of uh, energy is suddenly located in one area not the whole thing or we feel pressurized or we feel a little unsteady or lost feel firm or grounded we feel erratic. The heart, our breath is changing and speeding up. That's interesting. You know, when I asked, what's it like to be me? It's this sort of flurry of anxiety happened. It's something to hold and bear with <coughs> compassion. Breathing in, breathing out. Coming into the whole body, skin, textures, the ground, safety. Safety. Taking your time. So you have to move through these territories and uh, mm. 
literally through coming out of the fixity, the fundament of being, you can begin to melt that. 